Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers are two days away from facing the New England Patriots at home in their season opener, our season home opener at Acrisure Stadium. That still doesn't feel right. Taking on an 0-1 New England Patriots team, the return of, of an AFC rivalry that kind of faded into the dust, has a whole new meaning behind it. I went through the locker room. There's like nine guys that are still on this roster that were on the roster the last time the Steelers and the Patriots played in 2019. But anyways, we're going to dive into everything first. It's a beautiful day here in the Berg. It's freezing cold in the morning. I love it so much. How you feeling, my friend? Feeling good, man. Home opener. Appreciate the nice cut. Appreciate you, boy. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, no, I'm 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 hyped, man. Uh, home opener. I'm kind of bummed that I'm not gonna be in Pittsburgh for that one, but um, yeah. it's definitely gonna be a good time. Acershire Stadium, man. It still it still doesn't like roll off the tongue when we say it, does it? No, it's weird. Like. It's Acrisure State. It just, I feel like it takes Weird. too long to say. Heinz Field, short and sweet to the point. <laughs> Gotta love it. What were those ticket prices for the home opener? I saw you were looking a while ago. Yeah, I was I was looking a while back. They they were they were pretty steep, to be honest with you. But yeah, that's a that's a no-go for me, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know anybody who's I, I got two buddies who just dropped, I don't know how much, but decent cash on the Browns Steelers uh Thursday night game next week they just bought okay. them today i was like y'all are nuts not a <laughs> chance not a chance when i buy tickets a week out and expect to have money to pay rent at the end of the month not a chance all right let's talk about the pittsburgh steelers new england patriots mike tomlin versus bill belichick that seems to be the only constant left on either team right now but first i gotta bring something up to you because it's your boy and i'm waiting <laughs> two days now to ask you about this on wednesday there was a, a a list that was that was released by betonline.ag who you know they send a million lists out a day but this one caught my eye. It caught my eye because the Dallas Cowboys are looking for a quarterback and two Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks were named as possible landings in Dallas. One of them Mason Rudolph. The other one is Ben Roethlisberger. 50 to 1 odds to end up as a Cowboys QB. Obviously will never happen. In a billion years, but did you laugh? How hard did you laugh? And did you have any other thoughts when you saw Ben Roethlisberger being named a possible signing to the Dallas Cowboys six months after retirement? Man, um, I guess my first thought was, oh no, <laughs> just because I don't. I mean, nobody wants to see that, man. If you're if you're a Steelers fan or like, you know, I'm just thinking a football fan in general. Um, I think it always hurts seeing like legends go play for another team for like a year. You know, like you think about like Emmett Smith um, playing for the Cardinals for that like year or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, all these different guys that just like bounce around like team to team um, towards the end of their careers. I know like Franco Harris, that was a big topic brought up when um, – they had his number retired, how he played that last year in Seattle. So um, I just 
I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense for Dallas. Dallas, um, for one, their offensive line isn't nearly as good as it has been in years past. Uh, with Tyron Smith out, um, you know, they're starting a rookie. I, even though I like um, I like Tyler Smith a lot. But yeah. starting a rookie, they didn't look that great. You know, there's no weapons over there because Gallup's still kind of recovering from injury. Um, I just I, – it doesn't make sense on any level. Um, so, yeah, don't let Vegas steal your money on that. No, no. If you looked at the whole list, it was and what surprised me the most is that is Ben Favre is not on last. Brett Favre is not on there. Drew Brees <laughs> is on there. Philip Rivers is on there. Ryan Fitzpatrick's on there. Um, I don't know, ridiculous names. And then like to to top it off was like, oh, I wish I remembered who who topped it off. I, I have to look, but it was just like a, it was like a name. It was like all these guys, and then. Your first go-to is Garrett Gilbert. That's who was on the top of that list above Ben DiNucci. So three Pittsburgh, three Pittsburgh guys in one list. So it seems like Tennessee signing a linebacker. That's what it feels like. <laughs> feels like Tennessee line signing a linebacker. Um, I I would love to see how many people actually did bet. I would hope zero. I would really hope the number is 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 zero. I really hope that. All right. <laughs> let's let's talk about the Dallas Cow or nah, the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Start on the Steelers offensive side of the ball. Full bill of health. Mason Cole is good to go with an ankle injury. Najee Harris is good to go with a foot injury. Exactly what the Steelers want. You were saying before the show that it, it's been very lucky for Pittsburgh. They have not dealt with major injuries on the offensive side of the ball outside of Calvin Austin, but I think that if anybody's going to get hurt, it's going to be a rookie. And, and you're going to make it work. It's going to be a rookie. When you look at New England's defense, what stands out about them? What worries you about them when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers? What did you see when you did your scouting? Yeah. New England's uh, interesting. Their defense is definitely a lot better than their offense. Their offense is kind of going through like a transformation period um, under Mac Jones, um, new offensive coordinator situation. Um, I think the defense is pretty solid. I'm not really sure what their ceiling is, but I do like their pieces. I just I don't know um, if they're going to necessarily be elite because they don't have though they don't have like a superstar probably over there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but they play a lot of three safety looks. That was something that really jumped out. Um, like they'll play McCordy, Phillips, and Duggar together a lot. Um, they'll basically they're comfortable playing Duggar and Phillips in the box, basically as like quasi linebackers, um, regardless of personnel. When Miami went to like 11 and 21 personnel, they were 12 personnel, 21 personnel. um, They were cool sticking with those three safeties. um, And they did a really good job. I thought against the run Um, Duggar's fantastic, man. He's somebody that I'm going to highlight in an article tomorrow morning. Um, he's really fun to watch. Um, D2 kid coming out of college. Um, Classic. Freak athlete. Freak athlete. 6'1", 220. This kid, I think if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure he returned six punts for touchdowns in college. Again, it's D2, but still, yeah. 6'1", 220, returned six punts for touchdowns. Um, They're going to play a lot of man-to-man, too. Like, that's just – that's what – you know, Hoodie's always been comfortable – um, letting his guys play on the boundary. Uh, Did you just without, call Bill Belichick hoodie? That's why I call him hoodie. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, even without JC Jackson, man, even like last week, you know, they played, they played Jalen Waddle, um, Tyree kill, you know, two of the fastest guys in the league. 
and uh, they were cool playing man. They were really comfortable with that. It burned them a couple times, but I thought overall, um, you know, they did a decent job holding those guys in check. So the Steelers offense obviously struggled against Cincinnati. Man to man does not make that any easier on them. Do they have, do you, is it Mitch? Do you trust Mitch against man to man? Is it the fact that you can't run the football that you need to get better in to open up man to man? Or is it just, you know, Deontay is going to be the go-to in this game because he's the only one that could beat it. Yeah. That's kind of what I see happening. New England's going to stay in these like three safety looks and they're going to probably let the Steelers pound their head against sand and say, all right, run the ball. See if you can get us out of this. Yeah. I'm guessing that they won't be able to, because I think new England's pretty solid up front. Their edge rushers do a good job of setting the edge. They got some quality defensive linemen that, that, that are good run stoppers. Uh, Bentley's a pretty good run stopper at middle linebacker. Um, and like I said, their safeties are just really comfortable playing in the box outside. Like I said, man to man, they're going to force Mitch to beat them. They're a real big, like middle field close team. So they're going to see a lot of single high McCourty's almost always the center fielder for them. Um, so you're going to get, you know, one-on-one matchups with, you know, Pickens and Johnson on the outside against like Jalen Mills. Um, one interesting thing is, um, I think Jonathan Jones is a good player on the boundary. Jack Jones, the rookie from Arizona State, played a lot last week. He had a really tough game, uh, in my opinion. So that could be something. I think if he's um, out on the boundary, say maybe if they try to match him with Pickens, I would try to take a deep shot to him like early in the game and just test test him a little bit. You have to test. You have to test the rookie, but you need Pickens to get involved either way. I think. I think that's huge to this game. People, I mean, Deontay's the go-to when you need somebody to get open, but. I mean, we all saw what Pickens could do in the preseason. We definitely saw what he could do in training camp. Like, this guy could beat pretty much anybody on the field. He can match up with anybody easy. It's just a matter of getting him the ball. And you tweeted it out after the game or Monday morning maybe. that, And and you go back and watch. Pickens ran a deep ball or deep route like 40 times against Cincinnati. It seemed like the only – he ran that and then one route that was an out route that Mitch threw four yards out of bounds that he had to dive for. And besides that, he did nothing. Like, that's that's what Pickens – and that's not who he's here to be. Like, he's not here to be the next Chase Claypool. You have to to narrow his route tree to more – or not narrow it, but you have to expand Expand it it. to – narrow his field you, you, you know what i'm saying like he has to run shorter routes because he could get open he could beat anybody and he's just as fast as anybody on the football field i think that's huge do you yeah do you see a way that the pittsburgh steelers run game actually improves in this in this game i think it's gonna be tough i mean i don't i don't know what percent Naj is gonna be um that's really the big thing um i just I don't know if they're going to be able to run the football, man. I, I just looking at, I didn't think the offensive line played terrible last week, especially in pass protection. Um, they just, I just don't know if it, the run game is going to click, especially this early. Um, we'll see. I mean, obviously it would benefit them a ton if they could at least be respectable, stay ahead of the chains, be a, be efficient. They don't need to necessarily be explosive, but be efficient. Yep. Um, but we're, we're going to have to see that. That's a big thing to me um because i think it would get them it would get new england a little more uncomfortable but new england in my opinion is really comfortable playing their style of ball and you're gonna have to get them out of it like one of the ways that i think that they could get them out of that some of those man-to-man looks um 
and make them be a little more multiple than they want to be is maybe using Mitch's legs. Uh, yeah. We talked, we talked about this before the show, but um, back in 2018, he, this is the only time Mitch has played the Patriots, but he um, ran the ball six times for 81 yards and a touchdown. And like, that was really what new England struggled with in terms of like defending him. It wasn't, you know, him as a passer, it was more about him using his legs. And that's something that we really didn't see a lot of last week. So maybe they look to get him on the move um, and get him, you know, scrambling a little bit more. So let me ask how realistic are you when you say that? Because we both know that Matt Canada showed nothing positive in the season opener. This, this was supposed to be the week of Matt Canada right from the jump says, Hey, this is my offense. I have a mobile quarterback. I have all these ridiculous weapons, ridiculous weapons. And yeah, Mitch Trubisky did not have a good game, but I highlight I don't expect Mitch to have great games. What I expect is the offense to be able to work around Mitch winning football games. That's all they're asking him to do is win. Don't lose a game. The rest of us will take care of winning it. You can't do that if you can't run the football. You can't do that if you can't pass the football at all. And if you're in the red zone and you're playing goal line with a mobile quarterback who you're not looking for to make huge plays, why not run the football? Why not? Why not use your mobile quarterback's legs? to to score a touchdown so it, how realistic is it that mitch actually adds that to his repertoire this week against new england or are you just already somewhat given up on matt canada's ability to use him yeah i mean they, they've got to put him in better situations to succeed i mean there's there's no doubt um that mitch struggled last week overall um but they've got to do a better job putting him in position to succeed, man. They've got to get him on the move more. They've got to utilize his legs more because that's really like his redeeming quality, honestly, is his mobility. So mm-hmm. um, getting him out on the edge, letting him scramble a little bit more, even design some zone zone reads with him, like have him and Naj do some zone reads and let him take one. Just at least if you want to do it near the, near the red zone, just for something else for teams to prepare for. Um, and then they need to move away from – as much like shotgun passing that's never been um mitch's strength and you know 36 of his 41 dropbacks last week were out of shotgun like that's that's absurd i mean utilize play action let firemuth run over the middle of the field that's that's really where they need to kind of start transitioning to in my opinion on offense. yeah you have to play you played under center and i said this before the show you played under center all offseason training camp we saw so much in training camp so much play action so much mitch on the move and i and i think that they did a great job of moving the pocket i think that that was something that that definitely showed and i helped the offensive line obviously i mean you have to be able to open up this passing game you can't run the football play action's got to be the move i don't care if you can't run the football and you're still using play action. You have Najee Harris in the backfield. Teams are going to believe that you're going to give him the ball. You can't you can't just run shotgun every single time. Do you do you expect a full Najee workload this week if he's I would say at best bet 60-70%. Najee 60-70%. Do you expect a full workload for him or do you see a lot of Jalen Sam, Jalen Warren in this? It's like the fourth time I've called him Jalen Samuels. I it it's going to be interesting to see cuz Warren, you know, he played a little bit more early on last week than I would have imagined. I mean, at least from what we're accustomed to. Um, so 
potentially, like I said, I don't really know how healthy Najee is. I don't think that last week he looked particularly explosive. Um, no. So that's a big question to me. Only him and the team's going to know that. So it, it will be definitely something to watch for, like you said, um, kind of that split. Um, I did think um, Warren showed himself well in pass pro, and that's a big part of getting on the field, especially when you're a rookie. Um, you can't look overwhelmed in pass pro or defensive coordinators are just going to scheme up blitzes to target you. So I thought him showing well. Yeah, I thought him showing well in that you know, focus of the game bodes well for him to potentially get more playing time. Um, but they've got to definitely start running the ball like more efficiently for sure. Yes, uh, 100%. How do you do that? How do you do that? Is that just straight offensive line? Is it the fact that Najee's not 100%? Is it the fact that your passing game isn't really working? You know, what it's, goes into this? It's more about the offensive line, in my opinion, just like creating a little bit more push up front. Um, there were a couple times I thought, Maybe they missed a gap or two. Um, I thought Naj had one specific play um, that I think I highlighted on Twitter that I think he picked the wrong gap. But I, I would like to see them be like a little bit more like versatile too in the run game. If they're trying to run outside, they keep trying to run that like toss crack play. It has not worked. They ran it three times between that I know of um, between like last week and the preseason it has not worked. I don't know why they just I would like to see them try like a little bit more outside zone and yeah. just see just mix that in because it's something else that, um, you know, teams have the game plan for. So I'm going to get into we're going to get into buy and sell at the end of this. But I asked this to Steven on Wednesday. Do you think that Chase Claypool leads the team in rushing again? In week two, back to back, he he really might. To be honest, he he really might. I don't. I'm gonna say I think New England does a little bit better job setting the edge, and obviously because of how much the Steelers showed it last week. I mean, Chase carried the ball six times, and obviously, yeah. you know, they did this same like jet sweep stuff last year too. So New England's gonna be ready for it. Um, but I don't know if he necessarily like leads them in um, yards or carries this week. But I do think that this thing with Chase is here to stay. Like, I think, like, he played, like, 90% of his snaps last week in the slot. They are going to utilize him as a runner. Like, yeah. either getting the ball to him in the short passing game or, you know, utilizing him on jet sweeps. They're going to try to get him the football because that's, like, something he does really well, especially because, um, you know, of his athleticism. So just – that's going to be a thing. I'm just not sure. I mean, hopefully he doesn't outgain Najee again, but <laughs> I would, uh, I'm going to buy that and say that I do believe chase leads this team in rushing two oh, weeks God. in a row. I just, it's not, it's not a Najee. It's just can all you, the factors. Can you win this week like that though? Like, can you win this week with Claypool as your lead number one rusher? I don't know. I think that's a perfect transition to the defense. How good's the defense going to be? Because if the defense, if you if you could somehow score pretty much twenty one points from the defense, yeah, I fully expect them <laughs> to win a, right. to win the ball game. But I I think it all like defense is going to win this. So let's talk about the defense. Can the defense win a game round two against the Patriots? Uh, Patriots team that looked terrible in week one, and a quarterback yes. who has back spasms. I absolutely think they can. I mean, you look at the performance that they put on last week, man, it was it was one of the best in the in several years, I thought. I mean, even without TJ, I still think that they think that they can be like extremely um disruptive on defense. 
And just like watching the Patriots offense from last week, I just I don't think that they have enough weapons to really beat them. Um, you know, they don't have any like superstars on the outside. Um, you know, I like Jacoby Myers as a complimentary piece. They got two quality tight ends. If you stop the ground game, though, I think that they're like really pedestrian. And I just don't I think the Steelers at home playing in front of the fans like I, I see the defense having another really, really good showing. I agree. I think I don't I don't have any low expectations, but I, I have such high expectations for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense that I dropped all of my fantasy football defenses, which were the Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills, just so everybody's aware, and picked up Pittsburgh in both leagues because I'm just fully confident that this defense is – we talked about it. We talked about this all offseason, that if the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense was good, this team's expectations would be through the roof because of how much better the defense got. So you look at – not even looking at New England, but you look at what they did against Cincinnati. There's a lot that stood out. What was – what were some positives that you looked at that you said, okay, wow, this is actually real. This Pittsburgh Steelers defense could actually be this serious this season. The big thing was stopping the run without having to bring a safety down. They were able to play a lot of too high last week, which, you know, helped minimize some of the big plays that killed them against the Bengals last year. Um, and being able to stop the run with, you know, six, seven guys was notable. I thought the defensive line played extremely well. I thought Wormley in particular had one of his best games against the run since he's been a Steeler. I thought Joby was a monster. I mean, you know yeah. what you're going to get from Hayward um, up front, but Joby was so disruptive last week, man. And he was, he was an absolute force. Um, that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to seeing um, moving forward. So yeah, I think it really starts like if they stop the run, man, and especially if they can do it without having to bring Edmonds in the box, you know, the majority of the time, this defense is going to be perfectly fine, man. Were you surprised that Isaiah Loudermilk didn't get a helmet over DeMarvin Leal? And do you expect that to continue? I was a little bit. I think it might be a little more matchup dependent. Um, if it's New a team England's where they're a, more a running team. Yeah. It, if it's a team that they're maybe focusing on slowing down the pass, I think Leal probably gets the helmet. If, um, you know, if it's a team that they're really trying to, stop the run. I think that Loudermilk could get a helmet. Um, you know, Leal played like 13 snaps last week, really didn't do a ton, no pressures, anything like that. Nothing notable in terms of like good or bad, in my opinion. So it could just be one of those like rotating door situations. That's very like matchup dependent. So the, like I just said, the Patriots are as run heavy as they get in the NFL. Do you expect Loudermilk to get a helmet this week then? He, he could, um, not, not expect, I know that you don't have, that insight but like do you would you anticipate this being a matchup where you see Loudermilk get it over Leal it could definitely it could definitely help um it could definitely help for sure I, I think I would probably lean towards like giving Leal more run though just because I don't know if they're going to be able to get um he, he needs reps and I think that this yeah. is a good way to get them they have enough quality guys with everyone healthy in front of him to where that I think that they can stop this um Patriots offense the Pats did run a little bit more zone, which was kind of interesting. I think they're normally like a gap or power team, but they ran a little more zone last week, which is kind of interesting. But the Steelers did excellent last week against since he runs all wide zone. That's the only thing really they run. Um, and the Steelers did extremely well, man. Everybody was maintaining gap integrity, linebackers flowing to the ball. It, it was pretty to watch.
So where where does this go? I know that this is you know an off topic Loudermilk conversation, but Loudermilk was supposed to take a jump this year. He didn't get a helmet. We don't anticipate he gets a helmet this week, possibly. I mean, what what's the future of Isaiah Loudermilk? This dude was supposed to be possibly the replacement for Cam Hayward in a couple of years. It's it's gonna be that with with how deep the defensive line is, it's gonna be, in my opinion, just kind of a wait and see game. But you know you're gonna have you know you're going to have injuries. You know, I mean, the Steelers uh, outside of Watt have been pretty fortunate uh, with injuries to date, but, you know, that's not going to stay the, stay the case. Um, whenever somebody gets hurt, he'll have an opportunity. Um, or, you know, if if other guys, you know, in front of him start struggling and, um, you know, it's nice to have a backup like that that you're comfortable with on the field. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a luxury for the Steelers for sure. Oh, luxury. Bad, bad spot for Isaiah Loudermilk, who I think is a good guy and a good player, but. I agree. I, I I thought that if Wormley didn't play well, he would have been the guy that kind of got pushed down. But I think he showed, you know, he's a veteran. And I, you talked about it a lot last year is he shouldn't be a starter, but he's about as good of a backup as it comes. I think you saw that this week. Um, all right. We got to get into buy or sell questions and obviously the Steelers picks. But first, uh, we got our a word from uh, some new boys over at uh, Vincero. Support for today's episode comes from Vincero Collective. If you aren't familiar with Vincero yet, they make exceptionally crafted and stylish watches at affordable prices. Other premium handcrafted watches have insane markups. You can finally own a high quality and lasting timepiece without going broke. And the best part is listeners of this podcast are getting hooked up to save even more with the biggest discount they offer. So if you're looking for the perfect accessory to help elevate your style for a limited time only, get 20% off plus free shipping site-wide with our exclusive code STEALERS at www.vincerocollective.com. Let me show you this. Let me show you real quick what we're working with. This is what they just sent me. And let me tell you, not only do I wear the gold chain every single day, so you have to have, let me take it off, I'll show you. You have to have a watch that's beautiful. That stands out. That's as sharp as can be. That's what you're getting with the Vincero Collective. Let me tell you a little bit more about this. Vincero Collective is a premium lifestyle brand out of San Diego that also makes high quality and affordable sunglasses, jewelry, and more. They're known for their exceptionally crafted, ethically made products for today's most ambitious people. Modern pieces that upgrade your look and stand the test of time. There's three words. There's three words that come to mind when I think of these products. Stylish, quality, and versatility. Vincero designs everything in-house, sources their own materials, and produces in small batches. They are committed to doing things well or not at all. From the boss men and women out there, their watches are a must. They can elevate your look with a twist of the wrist. And if I had mine back on, I'd show you. Made with surgically grade stainless steel, durable silicone, and genuine Italian marble straps, these sleek modern watches come from traditionally automatic and Japanese quartz movements. All of their sunglasses come polarized with 100% UV protection and so many styles to choose from. The eye-catching and modern designs can also go with any outfit or trend. Perfect for a day in the park or on a date night. This is the perfect gift for yourself or someone you love. 
I just wore this thing to a wedding a couple of days ago and everybody, I get it. I was in Ohio, but everybody there was like, wow, that's the nicest watch I've seen in a long time. And let me tell you, they are not lying. You can finally look like the baller without having to spend like one, but you don't need to take my word for it. With over 30,000 five-star reviews, they have been named GQ's Got To brand for premium lifestyle accessories. Vincero offers you a shopping experience you can trust. And if you need to return or swap, no problem. Vincero's five-year guarantee and 365-day return policy has you covered. From quality you can feel to style you can't deny, Vincero Collective guarantees to up your game. They can only offer this big of a discount for a limited time. So don't wait or it'll go to it'll be too late. Get 20% off plus free shipping site-wide with the code Steelers at www.vincerocollective.com. Support our show and use our code Steelers at v i n c e r o collective.com. I guarantee that you will find something that fits your style. Shop Vincero today. I appreciate everybody hanging that one out. That was a long one. These uh, these get longer by the day. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculously long. Ridiculously long. I'm gonna. I got a word with everybody. You know, I said so we started off with Manscaped, and I was out of breath by the time we were reading them. And at this point, I'm like, Yo, guys, I need a 30 second ad read, and nothing more. We're trying to talk some Pittsburgh Steelers football. This one was like 12 and a half minutes, so they're not paying us anything either, which kind of sucks, but. We'll get there. Go use our promo code at vincero.com. Their stuff is pretty sick. They sent me this watch. It's pretty dope. Um, their stuff's like cheap too. Like I think this watch was like 200 bucks, which like is expensive, but not expensive for a watch. Um, all right. Let's jump into some buyer sells here. You still awake over there after that one? Yes. Yeah, so I'm just reading some of these buys in the, uh, in the chat. I like Buy the organic. chance as the Steelers run out the tunnel. <laughs> All right, let's start there. Let's start with that one. Um, oh, where? Oh, buy Mitch. Three Kenny chances the Steelers run out the tunnel. All right, buy or sell. Not even Kenny chances the Steelers run out the tunnel. Buy or sell. Mitch throws an interception, and there's immediately Kenny chance. No, actually, no. Re- remove the interception. Buy or sell. At some point during this game, there are Kenny chance. Uh, I'm buying that. <laughs> at, at some point, maybe. I, okay. Maybe not, but maybe not, maybe not during the game, but definitely during warmups, <laughs> warmups, or sometime during the game, you'll you'll hear a Kenny Chance accuracy <laughs> for sure. I'm gonna also buy that. I think at some point you're definitely gonna hear a Kenny Chant. I think if there is an interception thrown, whew, Accuracy State is gonna be loud, yeah. loud. Week I, two, yeah. first home game. Mitch Trubisky's already told, "Get out of my stadium right now. This is over. That sucks. <laughs> I gotta feel bad for him. I gotta." I got to. Um, all right. Lots of buys on that one. Easy buy. Um, there was a there was a Mitch one. I got to got to find the Mitch one by Mitch. Three total touchdowns versus the Patriots. I would say that total means rushing and passing. How are you feeling about those three total touchdowns? He's got one so far. He did. Go for three the last time he played the pass in 2018, but I'm selling that. Uh, I just I, I don't think I don't think I don't know that there's going to be three touchdowns. Period scored on Sunday. I mean yeah, I think true. this could be like 
a really ugly like 14 13 14 10 type of game i mean i, I hope everybody's prepared for that but i mean you never know it's kind of interesting because everybody thought last night's game was going to be a shootout it only ended up like what 24 21 24 21 like yeah so you never know nfl surprises you sometimes but this has the makings of like a really ugly like 14 10 14 13 type of game in my yeah. opinion it was uh, actually 27 24 because I took the over. So, oh, nice. Yeah, which what was, was no, over? no, the no, the over two, the over was 52 and a half. And it's 52. Mm. Yeah, gotta love life. Gotta love life. I'm having a great time this season betting, let me tell you. It's <laughs> a fantastic year for me. Um, all right, Pat Fryermuth leads the team in catches, yards, and touchdowns. Uh, Eddie, is that is that this week or? Let's go this week. Let's go this week. Let's go this week and the season. Let's go season. Um, I'm saying neither. I'm I'm selling that. Even though Firemuth was my breakout player for the Steelers this year, so I think we're on the same page with the with the love on Pat. Um, I just don't see him out targeting or outscoring Deontay, especially this week. Um, like I said, the Patriots are really man heavy, and I think that that plays into more of like a Deontay Johnson game plan. So in my opinion, Deontay probably should and might have like 12 to 15 targets this week, to be Ooh, honest. So, 12 to 15 targets. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Yeah. It All should. Right. I mean, really, realistically, if they're going to play that much man to man, Deontay should eat. So oh, he should definitely. He, yeah, he I'd go Deontay. He should be the focal point of the offense, in my opinion. I agree. I'm going to go Deontay as well. I think Deontay will lead the team. I feel good about that. At some point, I mean, dude, that was the craziest catch I've seen in a long time. That was just, like, Great overlooked catch. because that's just what he does. Like, Deontay, if Mitch could get his stuff together and, like, the offense could get the stuff together, which I know we're hand-in-hand, hand, Deontay should eat. Should eat. Uh, buy or sell, George Pickens catch. gets one-plus touchdowns this week. Oh, does George Pickens get on the board? Well, it was Chase Claypool. What what was Chase Claypool? Week three, week four, his rookie season when he went for four touchdowns? Yeah. Was- I, I don't know that I'm buying a touchdown, but I am buying a big play. So either a touchdown or a deep ball. Just because I, I, th- I think that they're going to have some advantageous um, looks on the outside. It's really just about, it's really just about Mitch being accurate enough to hit him. You know, he was only... I think three for 12 last week's and last week on throws over 10 yards. So they pushed the ball down the field enough. In my opinion, they just, he got to hit some of these. I agree. I'm going to, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to say Pickens gets in the end zone. I'm going to give you another name. Buy or sell Gunnar Olszewski gets in the end zone this week. In one way or another. I'm going to sell that, even though it would be a cool, I guess, kind of point for him yeah but can we please stop having gunner as the point man on these toss cracks they're asking that man to block sam hubbard last week and i felt like legitimately sorry for him i saw that and i felt terrible (laughs) terrible i was like this guy can't what do you do you've chased claypool chase claypool's as big as sam hubbard and you're asking (laughs) five foot seven gunner olszewski they have they have all these like they have all these big receivers now. I feel like this is the biggest, like they, I don't know the last time that the Steelers have had this many, like six, two, six, three and above receivers with Claypool, with Pickens, with Boykin. And they had Gunner out there. They, Gunner. they didn't know how to, they didn't realize that they, they were just like, oh, well, the short guy always runs yeah. the crack block, right? That's how that, that's how that works. Next week, they'll, this week, it'll be Steven Sims running in there trying to hit somebody. Feel good about that. All right. 
couple more buy or sell questions here. Buy or sell, the Steelers' defense finds the end zone again back-to-back weeks. Mm. Screw it. I'll buy it. Oh. I'll buy it. You got, a, you got a prediction on who it would be? Um, Old prediction here? Give me a Kello. Oh, your boy Kello. I knew that was going to come out of your mouth. I knew that was good. How was, how'd you <laughs> feel about a Kello's game on Sunday? It was a little uneven, but I, I uh, obviously you like to see the interception. Uh, Akilah's got four picks in his last, I think, seven or eight games for the Steelers. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's been a long time, I think, since the Steelers' corner's done that. Um, I, I don't even know who the last one would be. I'll have to look that up for you guys. But, um, yeah, uh, I really, I really thought that he played decent. Um, the touchdown is the one that everyone's going to harp on, man, but that's just an alignment thing. If, you, if you're playing man-to-man and you're single coverage, which I'm not really sure why they single covered Jamar Chase on the last play of regulation, but if you're going to play man-to-man there, he's got to be up at the line of scrimmage to at least like try to get some contact and disrupt the timing. Just, that was just too easy. All right, I agree. I, I'm going to buy the defensive touchdown. I'm going to give you – I'm going to go Devin Bush. With a fumble oh, recovery, God. that would be that would be it's cool. In the end zone, that would be cool. Says, "What's up, Steelers Nation? Can we please shut the hell up now?" That's what he says to the camera as he runs to the sideline. All right, we got buyer Kel- buy or sell. Connor Hayward catches a pass with as many like shuffle passes and stuff that they've done. I, I think that that's I think that that's a good buy. I I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna sell, it. sell it. I'm gonna. I'm. I don't even think he gets on the field on offense. It just. He only played one snap last week. It just seems like yeah. a gimmicky thing for them to kind of roll out and try to get him a touch or something like that early. I could see. I could see Canada rolling with that. Maybe. Maybe. I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna sell it. All right. Buy or sell. Malik Reed gets a sack. Mm, I'll say sell. I thought Isaiah Wynn played pretty well last week. Um, I'm assuming Reed's going to play the majority of the time on the left side since TJ's out. Um, really pretty quiet debut for him. He rushed the passer 20 times, I think. Didn't didn't register a pressure. So um, New England's pass protection overall last week I, was, I thought was pretty good. They did struggle with some, like, creeper looks um, where there was just miscommunication up front. But I thought overall they did a good job project, protecting Mac. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see on that. I, I don't. I don't like. I don't like that bet, though. I don't think. I agree. So we got one more from Eddie, and then I got one more for you. Buy or sell defense four sacks or less. Or less. Four or less. I'll, I'll say four or less. Yeah, but I'm buying that. That I don't think this, this offensive line is not bad enough. I don't think to give up like five plus sacks, um, especially because Max not. Max not like Burrow. He's not going to just – Burrow just hangs on to the ball, and he refuses to let plays die. He gets real impatient if you start making him check it down. So, Max not like that. I think I think uh, under four sacks would be a good bet. I still think that they'll get a good amount of pressure, though. Uh, maybe more blitzes, though. Without T.J. Watt last year in the two games, they blitzed a little bit more. Um, Steelers aren't very blitz-heavy anymore, but I think that we could see uh, we could see some some looks this week. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go under as well. And then last one I got for you: buy or sell. Mitch Trubisky throws for more than 205 yards. I'm not gonna say 200. You got to throw more than 200. 205 yards. I'll say buy only because Ooh. I think that they're gonna make. I think that's gonna be necessary. 
The only way it's not going to be in my <laughs> the only way it's not going to be in my opinion is if you know the defense forces you know three four turnovers again, and I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think they they could get a couple off Mac and company, but um, I'm not sure that I that I see that. I mean, <clears throat> I like I said earlier in my prediction, like I don't know that the Steelers are going to be able to run the ball and get New England out of their you know three safety you know kind of base look. So. Um, until that happens, I think Mitch is going to have to make some plays on the outside with those receivers. Um, but I mean, this is a matchup that I think you kind of look for. I mean, we talked about all offseason that um, the Steelers kind of strength of their offense is their playmakers. So you look at their playmakers, um, a lot of man to man coverage, probably from New England. I think you got to like that matchup. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to go gonna with just it. under 205 yards. Maybe one ninety eight couple. That's a that's an ugly couple. Uh, it's going to be starts, rough. Man. I'm gonna look at. We're gonna get into the predictions here, and I'm gonna pick the Steelers to win. But I I'm not gonna say Mitch Trubisky wins the game for him. I just right. I I just can't. Like I can't. I'm my approach this season because my bets have been so awful. Is I have to be more realistic. And and on top of that, I'm trying to beat you and Steven all season long on these <laughs> predictions. I'm well, done. I'm so I'm going to, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell it. All right, let's get into week two predictions. Pittsburgh Steelers host the new England Patriots one o'clock kickoff at Acrisure stadium. Still hate saying those words, the spread, the Steelers are home opener dogs against a team that just scored seven points in week one, two and a half point underdogs, a 40 and a half point over under. What do you got? I don't know, man. I, Obviously, I don't gamble aside, like outside of um, this show, so um, <laughs> I don't I, I don't gamble in real life, and I would never bet on the Steelers. But I, for the life of me, cannot understand why the Steelers are home underdogs this week. I, I mean, I've I've watched I've watched the Steelers game a couple of times through from last week. I've watched the past game. I just I don't understand it. I really don't. I mean, I I, I think it's going to be low scoring, so I'm definitely taking the under. Um, but I would have bet the Steelers if like they were favored by two and a half points, yeah. much less like underdogs by two and a half points. I, I, I think that that's absolutely outrageous in my opinion. Yeah. I'm there's zero questions, zero questions asked. Like I've already yeah. put the second that I saw that money line or that I saw that a point spread, I already put money on it. So I'm, so they've lost, you know, I'm going to take the blame on that one. That's on me, <laughs> but I'm easy, easy, the easily the Steelers plus two and a half. You should hammer that all day long, like all day long. The Steelers, they just beat the defending AFC champs, and you could say whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say. New England's looked terrible all preseason, all through week one. There's no reason for that. And then the 40 and a half over under, I'm going to go under. The over's just not hitting this week. They're not hitting any, ever anymore. So, and it's no fun to bet the the under. I know that, but. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go under. Let me get a score prediction from you. I'm gonna say 2017, and that's that's really um, about as conservative as I can possibly get. I, I think the Steelers win this one. I really do. I, I thought the Steelers would win this game when the schedule came out. I feel way better about it now than I did back in you know May. So I, I like I like the Steelers for sure this week. Um, I just I definitely like the under as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless there's know. just the only way that I see, um, you know, that I see this will be in high scoring is if it's just like a turnover palooza from both offenses, <laughs> which it could be. If it, no, I don't think Mitch is going to turn the ball over. 
But especially knowing that he's going to get booed out of the out of the city of Pittsburgh, his wife would have to have the bags packed before before <laughs> the game would be over. Um, all right, so I'm I went under Steelers plus two and a half. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go seventeen to ten Pittsburgh, seven point spread there. I just they just put up seven. I don't think that they put up more than 10. Like I just, I, there's no way that new England's offense is just suddenly going to be great. Mac Jones is dealing with some injury issues. Could see that fighting them in the butt. The Steelers aren't going to be able to do anything. And you know, I'm going to buy the Devin Bush finds the end zone. So there's your second touchdown and we'll go Pickens with the touchdown as well. So there you go. There's your two touchdowns. Boz gets a field goal, gives me some fantasy points. And I feel real good about the day. Feel real, real, real good about the day. Um, 20, 23-14, loving these. I think that's it. I think we've covered everything. Pittsburgh Steelers, New England Patriots, Sunday. You got a bold prediction. I feel like we should head out with a bang here. You got a bold prediction? Oh, man. Top of your head. I just threw that right. I just feel like we like ended on a low note. You got to end on a high note. Uh, I don't know if I have one. Um... Boring. You're expecting a boring game. It, it is. It, I, I think this is going to be a dreadful game to watch. Like, I, I don't even think most Steelers fans are going to like watching this game. Um, I'll say Minka gets another pick. That's uh, a terribly bold boring, bold prediction. <laughs> That's a terribly boring, bold prediction. I like the Devin Bush one. I'm going to stick with my Devin Bush one, but I'm also going to give you a, I think Jalen Warren has a 35 plus yard run at some point in this game. And possibly outrushes Najee in terms of yards. Not no nag on on Najee. He's just dealing with a lot of injuries right now. And I think Warren plows over somebody and finds a hole, and then you know finishes with sixty yards. But thirty five of those came on a nice run. So feel good about it. I feel good about Todd, it. Todd said it's gonna be like watching ice melt. <laughs> it's funny. It is. It's it's. It's going to be, it's good luck. Everybody. Good luck. All right. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all Steelers talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Go check us out anywhere. You get your podcast and go check out Vincero collective.com and use our promo code Steelers for 20% off and free shipping. Get yourself cool stuff like this. Watch. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with Steven. Enjoy watching paint dry on Sunday. I apologize if my bets ruin everybody, but it's, We're going to be fine. I'm feeling good. This is the turnaround, baby. Enjoy your weekend. Peace. 